Well, well, well. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the As I See It podcast here today with another episode of Barca Base. And my, 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 what a game we have just witnessed. It was Real Sociedad versus FC Barcelona in the Supercopa de España. And the game finished 1-1. In we went to extra time. Out we went of extra time. Extra time was over. No goal scored. It remained 1-1. So the only option left was penalties. It's been a long time since Barcelona have taken part in a penalty shootout and I was absolutely bricking it. To be honest, the game was getting very, very stretched, very, very ragged. Energy levels were extremely low from both teams. However, it really picked up for Real Sociedad there at the end. And we have one man to thank and one man only. That is Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. My goodness, what a colossal performance from the German wall. And he was the one that guided us through the penalty shootout where we ultimately managed to get the victory unbelievable stuff thank you Mark andre Ter Stegen and thank you Ricky Pooch two men that need no introduction one man who is he the best goalkeeper in the world is he the best goalkeeper in the world at this moment have you say let me know on Instagram at Barca Base official and Ricky Pooch the one man if there was one guy on that Barcelona team that I would have wanted to send us through to the final of the Supercopa de España, it was Ricky Pooch. And he did just that. It had to be him, didn't it? It just had to be him. It could not be anybody else. And Ricky Pooch sent us through to the final of the Supercopa de España, where we will face either Real Madrid or Athletic Bilbao. We are yet to see who it will be as they are yet to play. But listen, let's delve into this game as we have a lot to speak about. And let's start where we always do with the lineups. Okay, this is how we lined up. Marc-Andre Tristegen in goal. Oh, quickly, before I mention the lineup, there was a lot of talk perhaps about, you know, rotating the squad, um, you know, giving some players some minutes. Uh, our schedule has been crazy um, and we've been essentially playing a game every three games. Uh, so the players were already tired prior to this game. Um, and then obviously now in hindsight, having to go through extra time as well and penalties definitely won't do uh, them the world of good in, in terms of keeping the match fit. But it was the way it was. So there was a lot of talk of rotations perhaps didn't really happen. This was the lineup. Mark andre Ter Stegen in goal. Then we saw Mingueza play at right back, a centre-back partnership of Clement Longley and Ronald Araujo and Jordi Alba on the left. Then we had a midfield trio of Sergio Busquets, Frankie de Jong and Pedri, same as the previous game. And then an attacking trio of Martin Braithwaite, Antoine Griezmann and Ousmane Dembele. Messi unable for this uh, to play this game he woke up this morning he had a he was taken off in the game against Granada because of an injury uh, something we didn't find out until after the game but it seems as though despite training with the team uh, for some for some time in between uh, the the game against Granada and today's game the injury didn't fully go away and he still felt it so this morning um prior to the game he, he obviously spoke with uh, the necessary uh, people. Uh, the doctors checked him and uh, decided essentially it would be best to rest him for today's game. And luckily it worked out. Um, listen, 
I don't want to risk Messi when it's when when we shouldn't have to, and and the last thing we want is a long term Messi injury because I think today, uh, once more, not having him there has proven how much we do need him there. So he was definitely missed in today's game, but uh, let's talk about some of the rotations. We saw Mingueta come in at right back. Uh, Serginio Dest had his seat on the bench. Um, it was also reported, I'm not sure how accurate that it, this is, that he was struggling with a, a little bit of an injury. So if that was the case or if it was just rest, he was uh, one of the, the, the men sacrificed. Uh, but apart from that, it, we, we essentially saw, apart from uh, Dest and Messi not being in the squad, it was the same team uh, other than Ronald Araujo, who's come back from injury as well. Samuel Mtiti, um, somewhat surprisingly, maybe not getting a call-up after such a good display in the previous game, but that was the way it was. Um, and here we go. Let's delve straight into the game, okay? Because we have a lot to cover. We have 120 minutes of gameplay plus penalties to speak about. So without further ado, let's get straight into the game. The first 10 minutes of that game, I'd give to Sociedad. Listen, I thought they'd been the more threatening team. Um, and we seemed from early, very, very void of energy. Um, it was worrying. I'm not going to lie. We didn't start off well. It definitely took a lot of time to gain some momentum and impose our rhythm within the game. And even when we did, we, we weren't able to sustain it for for long periods of play and ultimately that could have cost us on a number of occasions and, and thanks to Ter Stegen uh, it didn't uh, a lot of times I thought early on De Jong and Mingueta were, were the two players that stood out the most for me within the opening 15 minutes at least listen I thought Mingueta was doing a great job at right back um, he was very very solid in defence and when he did get forward uh, his delivery although there wasn't many there wasn't many occasions when he would have uh, be in an advanced position uh, or so much of an advanced position to put a ball into the middle. But uh, when he was, he did put some good balls in. Um, of course, he's a far more defensive right back than Serginio Dest, as he is actually uh, a defender. But um, you, uh, credit where credit's due. I thought he adapted very, very well to the role. Um, and it's always good to have him as a right back option with Sergio Roberto, of course, being out um, and Dest really only being being our, our, our starting or, or our eligible right back within the first team. Maybe some people are surprised not to see Junior Firpo come in there and do a job at right back. He has been tested and tried there uh, before, but ultimately we went with, with Mingueta and I, and I thought it was the right decision ultimately. And then De Jong, I think, honestly... He is really impressive. This game, if it wasn't for Marc-Andre Stegen and his heroics, De Jong would have got man of the match... Um, he was superb, absolutely superb. Um, I thought he controlled the midfield brilliantly and far, far better than his midfield partners uh, in Busquets and Pedri for the majority of the game. And I think, honestly, he's been our most... Um I think he's been our most solid player this season. I think he's been our most complete player this season, I should say. Uh, and I've just been so impressed with the consistency and good performances over the past few games now. And they continue to mount up. Each and every game, he seems to impose himself more and more. And this is the Frankie de Jong that we bought from Ajax. His role has changed. His role has adapted from that single pivot role. He's now playing further up the field, playing more of an attacking role, but still 
mucks out in the defensive duties. He doesn't shy away from away from it. Sorry, he's a hardworking footballer. He keeps going till till the last minute, um, and we are very lucky to have him in the team. If he continues in this vein of form, we could see him, you know, propelled us to to one of the best midfielders in the world. I, I really, really do believe that. But it's all about maintaining consistency. So far, so good. So let's keep it up. Dembele in the lineup was our only explosive and pacey kind of player in the team today. And I thought that we really count on that. That's why I was, uh, I was sure of early on. And uh, ultimately, we did count on it on, on multiple occasions. You know, he was the one that had to, 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 to run at players and take on players far more than anyone else in the team. Um, everyone else would try and pass it around players. Dembele was the only kind of player in that system or in the team that, that we fielded today that could uh, have the potential to take on players with his pace and, and just raw um, raw pace, uh, raw energy, raw raw speed, explosive nature, all that kind of thing. Um, so I thought it would come in, come in crucial. And ultimately, I thought what lacked was his final product uh, in finishing, in passing, just the, def- the decision-making once more in the final third in those crucial moments has not been good enough by Dembele and it continues to be for the most part not quite good enough um and today was 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 no when uh, was no different 17 minutes in and Real Sociedad had four shots on target to our zero we needed to step up uh, there was no doubt about it and furthermore at, at that time in the game 17 minutes in i know it's early but Sociedad had more of the possession um I mean, that tells a lot, you know, Barca is a possession-based team and that just kind of shows, if anything, that we were very um, hesitant or, or we were very unable uh, to impose our rhythm in the game from the offset and throughout, throughout sorry, we, we had to wait to try and get a grip of the game fully um, and that was worrying for sure. Then we saw an instance where Busquets was caught in possession and uh, the counter-attack was mounted by Real Sociedad. Arajo's positioning was slightly off, if you ask me, and Isak was in. And that was the first instance where we called upon our German hero, Mark andre to Spider-Man, and he came up trumps. Uh, Isak tried t- to dink it over uh, the German wall, but luckily, or maybe not luckily, just skillfully, and and he was ready to, to make sure that that wasn't going to happen to Stegen. Class act and consistently proves that he is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. After today's performance, I'm sure they will be raving about him and put him maybe even as the best goalkeeper in the world. I mean, what a performance today. We'll speak about it more in detail later. Uh, But in terms of our general play, listen, it was far too passive. There was nowhere near direct enough play uh, and it was worrying. Um, I thought a player that was very much missed in the lineup today was Ricky Pooch. Um, For me, he should have started instead of Pedri. Uh, I would have liked to see him in there instead of Pedri for sure. I think Pedri's played a lot of minutes. And in the previous game, we saw that he really wasn't involved in the game to, to the to the amount that we're used to seeing him. And I think a lot of that is to do with just how many minutes he's played. And um, yeah, I just think this was the perfect opportunity. It's essentially a like for like swap when you, when you switch in 
uh, Pedri for Pooch or Pooch for Pedri. Um, and I thought today was a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, instead, we played Pedri and ultimately it was the same as the previous game. You know, he didn't have a bad game. He never seems to have a bad game, but he did have a quiet one. He wasn't really involved. He wasn't really influential um, as much as we're used to seeing him be. That, for me, is why Pooch would uh, have slotted him better there. I also thought with the passive nature to our play, he is the type of player that's, that'll get on the ball and, and, and quickly and directly play a pass that will just open up a whole can of worms uh, and, and uh, wreak havoc on the defence. So that was that was my opinion on that. And twenty um, eighth minute, we saw Mingueza put a great ball into the box for Martin Braithwaite, but uh, unfortunately, Braithwaite can't direct the header on target. Even um, for me, Braithwaite should be doing better there. That's kind of his bread and butter as a number nine striker. When you have a ball whipped in, and it really was whipped in by Mingueza. I mean, the pace on that was extraordinary. Uh, but ultimately, I think Braithwaite should be doing better with the header. Uh, but at that moment, it did seem like we were gaining a bit of momentum within the game. Um, and it was all about, you know, how long will that last? We saw Dembele working really well on the right early on um, in terms of beating his man. I mean, consistently, he was up against um, Monreal, formerly of Arsenal, of course, and uh, he was constantly getting the better of him in 1v1 situations. His pace, his explosiveness um, was was no match for Mon- uh, Monreal. Um, he just couldn't deal with, with, with the pace of Dembele. Um, and yeah, it was, it was causing havoc. But then again, when he got in the position, when he did beat his man it's the ball in the box that counts and ultimately that wasn't quite good enough today but once more more pedestrian play from Barcelona on the ball you know there was nowhere near enough uh, urgency in our play you know it wasn't direct enough it wasn't fast enough we weren't troubling them with our possession um, and ultimately it's just not good enough it really wasn't and you do really have to question listen how much is this down to tiredness how much is this down to players being exhausted and I think you can put a lot of that down to to that exact thing listen they've played a lot of games recently and Ronald Rajo is a, sorry and Ronald Koeman has essentially been playing um, almost the exact same team each time so listen I I wouldn't have picked the same starting lineup as uh, Komen. Um, however, of course, I wouldn't want to change the whole team either. I would have just slotted in a, a couple of players here and there, perhaps Pjanic in for Busquets, uh, Ricky Puch in for uh, Pedri, like I said. Um, and 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 just a couple couple changes like that, you know, maybe Furpo in for Jordi Alba. Uh, actually, I probably would have put Furpo in for Jordi Alba because Jordi Alba, in hindsight, you know, when I can say that as as his game today was very 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 poor, um, I thought. But we'll get onto that in a moment. But despite this, we did manage to get the breakthrough goal and it was a bit of magic in the air from Frankie de Jong. As I said, currently our most in-form and complete player, I think, uh, is, is a fair comment. I mean, he's just doing it all at the moment. Defending, attacking, you know, it's it's really, really great to see. Uh, he His form at the moment is brilliant. And even though he's playing that more advanced role, he's still getting back and defending and he's then still getting forward and being involved in the attack. And you can really see 
how well he's, he's adapted now to to being and playing a more um, a more attacking role, uh, more as an interior, as he's actually getting on the score sheet and providing assists uh, regularly, which is so good to see. So let, let's speak about the goal. Listen, um, the ball broke for Antoine Griezmann on that left-hand side, thanks to a pass from Martin Braithwaite. Griezmann then dinks it into the middle where Frankie de Jong was waiting, but the ball was actually a little bit behind Frankie de Jong. So mid-jump, Frankie has to adjust himself almost to a horizontal kind of... Uh, he, he, he leans back so much he's almost horizontal just to get his head on the ball and direct it into the back of the net or just even on target at that point. It's unbelievable kung fu stuff there from Frankie de Jong. So listen... Um, when you look at the goal in, in real time, it might look like quite an easy finish. Go ahead and slow that down. Look at it a little. Look at it a little slower, and you'll see that the ball is actually a little bit behind Frankie. And for him to generate the power he does, considering the ball being so far behind him, is is really really impressive. It really really is. Super happy that it was him to get the goal. He's thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it. And as I said today, if it wasn't for the heroics of Mark andre Ter Stegen, who I'm sure will have got man of the match, I have, haven't actually seen, but I'm sure after his display in the penalties, uh, he will. And on different occasions other than the penalties. Um, but if it wasn't for him, I think Frankie would have got the uh, man of the match award because he was absolutely fantastic. Then as we as we were approaching half time, again we were slowing that pace down and it became more and more passive and I just felt Pedri had been pretty non-existent in that first half, pretty quiet, um, similar to the to the previous game and I just thought we we really needed to give him some well needed rest and sub him off for Ricky Pooch at half time, as we moved into half time, but unfortunately that was not the case. He stayed on, um, until the 90th minute, actually, um, until full time. So, uh, that was, that was the way it was. And, and coming into the break at one, uh, being one nil up, you know, it was all about maintaining our composure, uh, increasing the lead if possible, but just really getting into a nice rhythm within our play, keeping the ball, but doing things with it, being aggressive with it, but not so much where we're just completely uh, exposed at the back. We still need to maintain our positional strictness, be aware uh, and just be ready for that second half. And that was how I'd hoped it would have happened. But unfortunately, early, early, early on in that first half, uh, second half, sorry, in fact, five minutes into it, a penalty was given for the man that we've just been praising so much, of course, Frankie de Jong. For a handball, the ball was whipped into the box and Frankie de Jong is, is running the wrong way and it strikes him on the arm. It's so, so, so frustrated. Uh, frustrating, sorry, but... The goal was converted from the spot and Real Sociedad found themselves at deuces with Barcelona level and uh, ready to compete now tooth and nail until the final whistle. So, so frustrating. But listen, it's all about how we respond. I always say it, you know, we need to respond well. And um, and we actually almost got a goal back straight after. It was suddenly a ball over the top into Frankie de Jong, who, um, who runs at the defender. He sits his man down as he fake shots, brings it onto his right and just doesn't get the shot away quick enough. And in the end, 
it is cleared away by uh, one of the Real Sociedad defenders and it's Frankie instead of kicking the ball he actually kicks the Real Sociedad defender which results in a in a foul against him and ultimately a foul against Barcelona then suddenly the game exploded into life even more and it was getting super, super uh, ragged in its play as Real Sociedad was suddenly then on the break uh, and they were pressing us very, very, very high. You know, they were really, really, really looking to catch us on the counter, but also press, press us sorry, extremely high. So it made it very, very, very hard for us to play out from the back, looking for any gap, looking for any mistimed pass or poor control or whatever, just to grab that ball near our goal and uh, try to Stegen on for size. But we managed to, to ride it out, you know, enough to deal with it, just enough. And then in the 70th minute, we had still not made any changes. And I was thinking at this point, listen, we really need changes. Ricky Pooch, most of all, it was clear Pedri is tired. He was very, very tired, as well as the whole of the team, really. But I mean, when we're under such pressure and, and we're trying to ride out a period of an intense play from Real Sociedad, it's important to keep our team fresh and ready uh, and able to compete with that. And when the energy is just draining from their bodies uh, as as it understandably would be. I just felt it was time. It was long overdue, but still we hadn't made a change. Um, I just felt like we were, we were actually prolonging uh, Pedri's recovery at this point. And with how much of a crucial player he is and has been for Barcelona recently, I think it's important that he gets the the recovery he, he needs and deserves ultimately. One player I wanted to highlight uh, was Araujo and one aspect of his game in particular, his pace. It's such an asset. You know, there were so many times and and actually quite um, common in Barcelona play is that we're hit on the counter-attack a lot. So we need defenders that are are quick and are are ready to run and are able to keep up with some of the attackers in La Liga or in uh, the world in general. And and Araujo is one of them. He is pacey. He really, really is. So it's, it's... it's such an asset to have him in defense. He's strong, he's powerful, he's commanding, and he's ready to run and able to keep up with a lot of defenders. It's so, so important, that pace of his, and it's proving so time and time again. Once more, Frankie Dion continuing in the second half to play some brilliant, brilliant football. Um, and despite it being him that, that conceded the penalty, he was definitely, definitely up there for Man of the Match award. Um just a stunning performance ultimately from the young Dutch um, midfielder. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And that's exactly why we bought him. You know, he his, his hunger, his belief, his, his willingness to win and improve, improve his own game and be self-critical is, is something that comes across a lot to me. And it's really, really impressive. Then in the 77th minute, the first and only change in the, in the 90 minutes of play came about and it was Trincao who's come on for Braithwaite and this was a big opportunity for Trincao listen the game was at 1-1 and we needed someone to be that protagonist to be the man to to change the game for Barcelona and, and try and grab a goal and unfortunately he really wasn't he really really wasn't he was non-existent he really, really was. He had zero influence on the game really since coming on. Um, and it's a shame because he's really losing trust in Ronald Koeman. And once Ansu Fati's back in the mix, if he doesn't improve his, his, his 
I mean, to be honest with you, at this point, Conrad should be starting ahead of him and so should Colado, who's down, of course, in Barca B. Um, he isn't proving... He isn't doing enough to warrant to warrant coming in even as a sub at this at this point uh, ahead of the likes of Calado who's smashing it in Barca B and uh, Conrad that's just waiting for his opportunity. Um, so it's unfortunate we signed him for thirty million and, and he has a lot of promise and of course he will need time. But when you see the likes of Pedri coming in and making that instant impact. It's uh, it's slightly worrying, but I'm not going to write him off now. Of course not. We just need to see more of an impact when he comes into games. Speaking of wingers, though, we'll go back to Usmane Dembele, and uh, he kept beating his man every single time, but his accuracy in the cross and the ball into the box ultimately was what was lacking. Um, ultimately, whenever we, we were on the attack, it was thanks to an individual effort from him. We really lacked the 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 team build-up. Um, it was always an individualistic effort that, that got us on the attack and, and moved us forward. And that was more, more often than not, actually, Ousmane Dembele. It was just that final ball that just wasn't there. And, and the final shot as well wasn't good enough on multiple occasions. But... I felt there was a lack of, of collective effort all in all uh, in those final um, final 10 minutes or so of, of um, normal time in the first 90. And um, ultimately, yeah, I think so much of this can be put down to tiredness. But I have to say, Real Sociedad really matched us, if not played better, um, you could argue, uh, f- for, the, for the full game. I mean, it's interesting. If you take away the penalties and you had to decide a winner based on the game that you'd watched... I'd be interested to know your opinions. I think Real Sociedad really could have uh, could have <laughs> could have been the ones to to get that that win if it was if it was uh, worked like that. I mean, you, you look at the stats; they had more shots on target than us. They had seventeen shots. We actually had eighteen, but we'd only had five of those eighteen shots on target, and of course, only one goal coming from the, from that as well. Um, but ultimately, I thought they had more clear cut chances than us, which was what stood out um, in in the gameplay. But that was it. The end of the ninety minutes, and I was just stunned that we hadn't. We'd only seen one change in that in that first 90 minutes you know considering all these players have essentially been playing every three days I couldn't believe there's only been one change made but luckily as we headed into extra time we did see two changes and there were two changes that I actually felt should have started um Ricky Pooch and Pjanic uh were the two men to come into the field and they replaced Pedri and um, Busquets as well. So those were the two changes and away we went into extra time. The first period of extra time and we started it with a moment of madness and thankfully an unbelievable save from Marc-Andre Stegen who flew through the air. Stegen Airlines is well and truly open for business. Listen, he was called to flying action to keep out an unbelievable strike Uh, fingertips to it, pushing it over the bar. But what a leap, what a jump, what a flight he took. I mean, go and have a look at the the highlights if you haven't, if you didn't watch the game or even if you did watch the game, just have a look at that save one more time. It's unbelievable stuff from Marc-Andre Testegen. And what's so impressive about him as a goalkeeper is that he seems to be good at everything. He's good with his feet 
in terms of passing and distributing the ball. He's good at saving the ball with his feet as well, you know, spreading himself very well and, and getting his, his foot and his leg and any part of his leg really on it just to keep the ball out of the net. But he's also good with his hands. He's also good at the little saves, the, you know, avoiding a chip. He's good at that. He's good also at, you know, flying through the air and saving it from a, a wonder strike as well. So he really can do a, a bit of it all and doing a bit of it all extremely well. So that's really, really impressive. I think that's one of the most impressive things by him. You know, when we talk about goalkeepers, there's often a, a department in which they're lacking. But with Testegen, I really struggled to find any, to be honest with you. It was a superb performance by him all in all. And, and that save was just magnificent. It really, really was and from that moment on, listen, the game was absolutely balanced on a knife's edge. It was one way, then the other, then the other way, then the other. And it just was so, so end to end. But it was lacking any kind of structure and, and, and rhythm. And um, the energy levels were just gone. And that's why we saw so many individualistic efforts instead of a collective effort. I think the, the team that worked, the the team that worked better together as a unit was actually Real Sociedad um, in, in extra time. I thought they were the ones working better as a team and, and using more of the players, uh, more of their players were involved in the moves. Whereas with Barcelona, as I said, it was more of an individualistic effort uh, in terms of, of trying to get a goal. But I would say Sociedad looked the more threatening. Um, I think that's fair to say. I thought we were very sloppy at times in our passing. Griezmann was getting sloppy. He was uh, just wasn't finishing his opportunities throughout the first 90 minutes and then into extra time. The same could be said. But then we saw a big, big chance for Ousmane Dembele. Um, we had a 4v1 situation at one point in the attack there. Uh, and Dembele is ultimately left with the option to pass it to an open Frankie de Jong. But instead, he opts to go for the shot himself. And in the end, it's a very, very tame shot. It's not good enough. It was a really good opportunity to put the, the game to bed in that first period of extra time. But he's unable to do so. And just like I've been saying, throughout this whole podcast his end product wasn't good enough then off of the back of that shot that tame tame shot that he took that in the end didn't work the goalkeeper at all when it should have really been going into the back of the net he actually went down injured and I was thinking oh my goodness please no but luckily enough he got up and and he married um he didn't marry <laughs> he managed to carry on I should say but he was he was clearly tired. Uh, he'd been running up and down the field for the the whole whole game. Of course, we were so reliant on his pace as he was kind of the only person in the team that was supplying that. Um, so he was super tired late on, and I'm sure that impacted his decision making in the final third. But um, it still wasn't good enough. I, I think we can make many excuses, but. Ultimately, it was costing us, and, and we were lucky, I think, not to go 2-1 down on multiple occasions. And that was it for the first period of extra time. We moved into the second. And listen, I, I want to mention something. I've said it before, but Ricky Pooch's directness and quickness with his passes constantly starts a dangerous Barcelona play time and time again. He's not satisfied with just passing it to the side. He'll only do that if he has to. He's always looking to see if he can, you know, make a very direct pass into one of the forwards or break the lines. He's constantly looking to do that. And that's so, so advantageous to our play. 
Really, it really, really is. The amount of passive tiki-taka football we saw today that lacked any kind of urgency. So to see him come on and, and be so direct and quick in his passing is is beautiful to see. Then we saw an opportunity for Griezmann that ultimately came off of the follow play from a free kick. Then Griezmann had an opportunity on the volley. It was dinked into him, a ball over the top, but he could not get it into the back of the net. Suddenly we're on defensive duties straight away, end-to-end stuff once more. It's straight down the other end and we almost concede, very, very almost concede. Um, Adnan Yanazai, formerly of Manchester United, came on for Real Sociedad uh, in that uh, extra time and he looked dangerous. I mean, I can't believe they didn't play him from the start. Uh, He is such a good footballer. Um, You know, definitely lacks a a few things here and there, but a very good footballer. And if there was one Real Sociedad player that was going to win it for them, it was certainly, certainly him. It was his ball that went into the middle, um, but luckily enough the defenders and Stegen managed to kind of rescue the situation and, and ultimately uh, you know put out the fire that Real Sociedad started we came very very close to conceding there though and it was definitely too close to comfort for me my 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 hand was in my on my head covering my eyes I'll tell you that it was it was super super close one thing I wanted him to mention actually was in the 112th minute, um, Real Sociedad had fouled us 22 times in the game. And I say that because there, there were many fouls that were certain fouls that weren't given. Not using it as an excuse, I just think it's an interesting bit of information. There were certainly many a foul that the referee just ignored, uh, but 22 fouls in in. Uh, in 112 minutes of play, um, I think, <laughs> yeah, quite a few, quite a few. Then we saw the final change, and it was Junior Firpo who replaced Mingueza uh, for those final seven minutes of play in the second half uh, of, of added time, um, extra time even, sorry. But then we were so close to losing it. And this was definitely the closest we came to losing it. Adnan Yanazai, a free kick, lined up. It's him to take it. He curls it unbelievably with his left foot and it hits the right-hand side of our goal, our post. Luckily, Marc-Andre Tristegen, oh my goodness, so, so, so close to conceding, uh, and that would be extremely harsh considering the performance he had, but it was a bit of brilliance from Adnan Yanazai, um, and a moment where it looked like the game was done and, uh, you know, gone and buried. If, if that had gone in, there's no coming back. It was in the final few minutes of play, and yeah, that would have been, that would have sunk the Barcelona ship for sure, but we certainly, certainly, certainly looked inferior for the final few minutes of the game, and we needed to be extremely, extremely cautious heading to that final, final whistle. And in the end, it did come and it was going to penalties. Listen, I don't even remember the last time we went to penalties. So I was so, so nervous. But we have someone in goal that calms those nerves instantly, saves the first penalty, saves the second penalty, 
And then the third penalty by Real Sociedad is missed. It was an unbelievably tense penalty shootout. It wasn't a very good penalty shootout in terms of uh, class uh, and, and composure. <laughs> um but but certainly, I mean, goodness gracious, it was nerve-wracking. The first three penalties from Real Sociedad were, in fact, missed. But our first penalty from Frankie de Jong was also missed. Then Pjanic, um, Pjanic put it in the back of the net. Who is the other player to put it back in the back of the net? Um, 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 I'm just scrambling to think... Gosh, I wish I could remember. I'm sorry, I can't remember right now. But we missed the first one, scored the next two. Then Griezmann lined up to potentially win the game for us. If he scored, he would win, but he blasted it so, so high. Oh my goodness, it was so poor. And then uh, it was left to one man and one man only. Could this man, Ricky Pooch, come up trumps? Prove to Komen once and for all why he's such a valuable, useful player for this Barcelona side. If he can't show that through, or if Komen doesn't get the, the message through open play, do it from a set piece. Do it from a penalty. Do it from the final penalty in the game to send us through to the final of the Supercopa de España. One man has the chance to do that. One man only. Barcelona through and through. True Kule Ricky Puch steps up and calmly slots it home to put us into the final. Unbelievable stuff. What a penalty shootout. What a performance from Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. And what a calm, cool, collected finish by Ricky Pooch to slot it into the bottom right-hand corner and to send us through to the final, where we will, as I said, face either Real Madrid or Athletic Bilbao. Oh my goodness, what a game. <sighs> 120 minutes of football didn't settle the scores, so we headed to penalties, and ultimately, thanks to a brilliant goalkeeping display, we managed to progress to the final. I'm so, so happy. Listen, this game was all about getting the win. As I said, our fixture list has been congested. We've been playing so often um, and we haven't really been fully utilizing the whole squad. We've been playing playing a lot of the same players and today was no different. So we were tired, we were drained, we lacked energy. But ultimately, through some luck for sure, through some brilliant saves for sure, we managed to grind out the win. Uh, and that is so, so, so important. And that should give us confidence, I hope. I really, really hope. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting uh, final, I'm sure, no matter who we get, whether it's Athletic Club who gave us quite a game where we won 3-2 uh, only a, a week or so ago, or if it will be Real Madrid, which will, of course, be special. It's a final, anything can happen, and any opponent is capable of beating any opponent. So I'll be watching that uh, that Real Madrid Athletic Club game with an eager eye, waiting to see who will face us in the final. But for now, it was all about getting that win, and we managed to do it. Listen, we have to address a lot of things from that game, though. Um, Griezmann, man, goodness gracious, how... <laughs> The penalty was so bad. It was so, so bad. 
I don't want to focus on it too much. Listen, he was involved in today's play. Ultimately, he wasn't good enough in terms of finishing, which is what he is. He's a striker. We need goals from him. Um, and although he scored two brilliant ones against Granada, and they were brilliant, brilliant goals, consistency still isn't up to the standard in which we need it to be for him. Um, but listen, I'm sure a lot can be put down to tiredness. After 120 minutes of play, I'm sure taking a penalty, even though it's not in front of a crowd, is nerve-wracking. Um, and your legs will be super heavy. Uh, so we'll give him the free pass, but only because we won. Uh, but listen, guys, my goodness, what a game it was. And I'm just super, super happy we managed to grind out the win. However nasty, however dirty, however un pretty it was in the end we got the win and we're going through to the final visca barta y visca catalonia unbelievable stuff guys as always if you want to stay up to date with myself and barcelona news with it being the january transfer window it's obviously an exciting time so you can stay up to date with transfer news and updates there'll be original graphic content on my Instagram page. So head over to Barca Base Official. That's at Barca Base Official on Instagram and hit that follow button. And let's interact, man. I love to hear uh, your opinions on this Barcelona team, on that Barcelona performance and who you would prefer to face in the final of the Supercopa de España. But for now, I've been your host, Gabriel Rodriguez. This has been another episode of Barca Base on the As I See It podcast. And I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.